0: Hello, Ian Canfield here. Apologies for the lack of podcasts recently. Um, Supply chain problems. It's not only your turkey getting to your table in time for thanksgiving that's an issue at the moment um so jeremy and i recorded uh, this podcast a week ago uh but we want to post it as the latest update because we remember it being quite good so uh here you go episode 101 that's not really episode 101 with uh, a bunch of week old hot takes did you america Hello, welcome to another edition of Did You America? He's Jeremy Hoffman. I'm Ian Canfield. This is episode 101. 100? No, that was, well. It's probably still 100. No, I think episode 100 technically was about three episodes before we said it was, but, you know, we got some good artwork together late. So as a result. And I want to, I want to, I want to make use of the good artwork. And we've definitely got a good animation from our friend Jose for episode 101. The next 10 episodes might all
1: be episode 101, just so I can keep posting his same animation. You know what might be easier for counting? What if we start going backwards? This is episode
0: 99.
1: <laughs> Maybe I, I just think yeah, episode 101 till the end of the year. I'm just going
0: to keep posting that same animation. Thanks, Jose. Excellent work. Uh, since we last spoke, Jeremy and I went uh, out to see uh, Blue October. And, our second date. Uh, our second date, and uh, Blue October were very good. I very much enjoyed it. Well, wow. it is our second date, and it's, in fact, I was going to say it's our second date, and it's my second gig of the year. I now only go to gigs if I have you to accompany me. You're welcome. Yeah.
1: I, I think I'm the perfect partner to go to concerts with. I'm fun. You know, I dance. I'm not in the way, though. I, I don't talk. The entire freaking concert.
0: Yeah, I will say uh, during the uh, the gig, I thought I was uh, witnessing uh, Jeremy's uh, prowess with the ladies, right? Because um, I went off to uh, the bathroom or something, and I came back, and um, we had a, a table at House of Blues. And there was a lady who was sitting at the table with Jeremy, and uh, she was a good-looking lady. And I thought, wow, I've been gone like three minutes, and already, and you've turned on the charm, and
1: uh, and and off you go. I-, I wish it was that cool. Can I can I explain myself? Because I actually feel like I haven't gotten to properly even tell you what happened and why she was there and how it wasn't my fault at all. The
0: bit when she was there, I was fine with. I was
1: thinking, well, good for you. It's when a fucking friend turned well, up. Let's not jump ahead quite yet. So, okay, you you go off and I'm just, you know, sitting there waiting for the show to start. And, you know, we're in the VIP area towards the back, whatever. So like, there's not a ton of people there, but they're also kind of, you know, people at the front of it uh, allowing only people with certain passes to get into the section. Yes, so, that's why they called it VIP. Exactly. I'm just, you know, we have peasants listening. <laughs> so <laughs> this, you know, this lady walks up to me and she's like, "Hey, do you mind if I sit here and finish my burger?" And I'm just like, "Yeah, whatever. You can sit wherever you want. No big deal." They put us they put us at a table that sat 12 when it was just the two of us. So like there was a lot of space at other tables. So she goes and sits at this table. And she keeps like turning and talking to me, and like she's offering me like bites of her food. And like I was starving, but no one wants to be the fat guy that's eating random people's food. So I stayed away from that. And then at one point, she tells me she was 40. So I'm like, all right, I'm no longer trying to hit on you. That's not my style. <laughs> and even though she did look good for 40, I'll give her that. She
0: was good looking at the point at which I thought that she was um, A, uh, uh, being charming towards you, and B, feeding you. Right. I mean, I mean, talk about the weight of your heart. So now. If she just said you want to go outside and smoke, that. (laughs) i would have said lady get rid of that ring you're married now by midnight (laughs) so
1: we uh so at one point this uh the guy who was checking tickets in the area comes up to her i guess asked like hey are you supposed to be here and she turns and says yeah i'm with him (laughs) now i don't want to be some sort of narc loser that's like no i don't know this lady get her out of here so like you know i just kind of Nod my head and like let it go on. You
0: should have said you were with me till I found out you were forty. I'm right. twenty nine. We're done. Get back on the what, other side of the rope, lady. This what, is VIP.
1: What's said is she looked at me and was like, "Clearly, this guy's my age." <laughs> so, so she. So then the guy asked her asks her to sit at our table again. Fine, mm. she was fine. But as you said, at one point, her friend came and joined her at the table, and they were talking and they were talking really loud
0: throughout the entire show now first of all okay two ladies get together for a catch-up over a burger go do it at mcdonald's why (laughs) why would you choose to get together with your girlfriend For a catch-up about the guys you've been shagging, which seem to be most of their conversation over a burger, why would you choose to do that at a Blue October show at House of Blues, or for that
1: matter, at any show? Imagine this: they most likely paid for a ticket to go to not listen to any of the show and just talk about their weird—I should say—very weird sex life.
0: And then, right? And now this. Now, I'm I'm a man who likes, you know, loud music. The the shows can't be too loud for my liking, but I've been so. Uh, devoid of going to shows. I mean, I'm not saying that Blue October was like, oh my God, it was so loud. But it was a loud gig, right? Yeah. They... Seem to be apparently unaware of anything that was going on around them whatsoever because they were talking all the way through the show. And there are certain points during the Blue October show where Justin, the singer, tells stories about um, things that have happened to him. If, If you're unfamiliar with Blue October, you know, he's a singer that had a lot of addiction and mental health problems and writes a lot about that in his music. So... At certain points, he tells very uh, poignant stories. I mean, it's not like it's spoken word, but there'll be some bits between songs where he talks for maybe two or three minutes. And right, kind of, of explains know, like, what, know, the what, of what the process of writing the song. What, what the song's about. These fucking women. <laughs> a, they, again, why would you pay to do this? They shout over the top of what is a pretty loud show when the songs are on, and they have such a lack of self-awareness that they don't even reduce their own volume when the volume from the stage drops dramatically because the song has ended and now what is coming out of the speakers is just in the singer telling a poignant story. A poignant story about the time that his meth addiction got so bad, his dad turned up at his house and took Justin's daughter away from Justin for her own safety, all right? It's a big part of the show. It's a very poignant story, right? Not only were these two women shouting at the top of their voices, so caught up in their catch-up about who they were having sex with, unaware that the volume from the stage had dropped. But during this, uh, this is how it did, and I'm not not exaggerating. Jeremy will will tell you this is exactly how it went down. So Justin from Blue October is on stage, and he's going... And my dad came in, and he took my daughter in his arms, and he said... um, Justin gets a bit choked up with this bit. He said, um, "You're going to go with uh, with Granddad now, and um, you'll be seeing Daddy soon." And I look up at my dad, and he's got my daughter in his arms after finding there's a load of meth all over the floor of my bathroom, and he's and, and he's taking my daughter away. Silence in the room apart from the people behind us. At which point, Justin literally says that, and one of the movies goes to the other one. Oh my God, you are fucking hilarious!
1: (laughs) (laughs) The greatest, the single greatest timing in concert history. It was like they were a part of the show. (laughs) Literally. And then,
0: during another bit, right, when he's doing a story about something else, Again, it's all very quiet because he's a good storyteller. He's a, he's a great raconteur, and he's a, you know he's a survivor. He's a man who's been sober for many many years now. That's the whole point of telling these stories, as well as you know putting the the the, the songs into um, uh, giving you a concept as to what the, the songs are about. And um, he's uh, telling a uh, uh, story about something else, and at this point. The two loud ladies, I couldn't hear exactly what they were saying. I could hear they were talking loudly, but not, at this point, not so loud that I could hear every word. Until Justin from Blue October is saying, and so, you know, um, if, you've, if you've got a problem with drink or drugs, you, you, you don't need to admit to it today. You don't need to admit to it tomorrow. But just know there are people out there that can help you, and then from out of nowhere, one of these women. Oh my God! Did he put it in your ass? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yes, he did. <laughs> as we later found out. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> you, you know, you know why I felt really bad for you. Is like a you know, I I heard them, but. From years of dating women, I'm just able to, like, take that pitch and tone it out. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even phase me. I don't even hear it. Right. I'm just focused on the music. But I knew. I knew throughout the entire time. You heard every single oh. word they were talking about. Not only that, I was very distracted the whole show because there was a 10-year-old kid right in front of us rocking out with a very big-titted mother. So there were a ton of reasons to not focus on ladies talking about their crazy sex lives during the most... <laughs> Intimate moments of the show. It was just again.
0: Why pay? I, I think a Blue October ticket is about thirty bucks. Why pay thirty bucks going to go into a venue to choose that? Why choose that venue or any
1: venue with live music for to, to have that kind of catch up? See, this is this is why I, when I go to shows, I'm more of the. Uh, I'm more of like a in the pit guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of want to be in the middle of the action where there's so much noise going on that you can't even hear the person next to you during the quiet moments. That's more my area. Mm. Is
0: this what you want me to segue into Travis Scott? Oh no,
1: I I was just saying, if anything, I was going to say, let's talk about my weekend because on Saturday I did that exact same thing. I went to another concert at House of Blues. I was right in front of the stage and it was glorious. Okay. Yeah. We need to
0: talk about Jeremy's big gay weekend,
1: right? Because
0: I'll tell you this, right? On Sunday, I went out on a date with a guy and yet somehow your
1: weekend was gayer than mine. Oh, hundred (laughs) percent. You know, I've said this on the podcast before, like, first of all. We are incredible at destroying t- stereotypes on this podcast because you're not singing at parades and I'm terrible <laughs> with <the> money. <laughs> so, and
0: if you take, if you took, we should call called this show The Gay and the Jew, right? <laughs> de- 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 destroying, <laughs> rolls the tongue.
1: destroying stereotypes. <laughs> so, you know, I said, if you take a thousand <laughs> listeners of this podcast that didn't really know us, you know, had just kind of listened sometimes and didn't know that one person person on this podcast was gay and you line them up in front of us maybe let them listen to five or six episodes and said all right which one of these two is gay mm-hmm. a thousand out of a thousand would pick me it's Ab- not even a question absolutely so friday night i uh i meet up with some friends we're just trying to have a casual drink one of our friends is leaving for a cruise the next day so we're not trying to go crazy you know we're uh, we're having our drink and uh, one of my friends of the group who is gay he suggests hey how about we go to the neighborhood Oakland, which he affectionately called the Gaborhood.
0: Uh, there are five rainbow crosswalks, ladies and gentlemen. Right.
1: You have to, uh, to
0: get across, you have to suck someone off on the... T- no, it's a joke. Uh,
1: so now my friend, you know, he's a lovely man. I love him dearly. And he, every weekend is a great sport as he comes out with me and my friends and we disgustingly look at women and talk about it and hunt them down. And he just, he puts up when he puts on a good smile and gets through it. So for once I figured, let's let him be the whore. You know, let's let him go out and do his thing. So again, I wasn't planning to go out, but of course I said, yes. Now mm. I look homeless at the start of the night i'm not like necessarily dressed up at night it was a little cold so i was wearing a beanie i'm extremely hairy all over my face and head i again look homeless so i keep making jokes at night like i'm i'm clearly a straight guy in the room here like everyone here is looking at me like who the fuck invited this guy here so and my friend's trying to make me feel not, you know, good he's like no no you look good you'll see at these clubs like they're all about you you're a bear you're a bear i'm like all right calm down so we go to one of these bars and at this bar there's uh that's him email i be like why are you telling this story <laughs> well, there's uh, a stripper pole in the middle immediately let's Jeremy's grinder going right, off. yeah <laughs> hey. <laughs> well, yeah. So so now you know, there's a stripper pole in the middle of this bar and <clears throat> It makes it so... it's is a gay so, ball yeah a stripper ball, right? And of course, ball. there's guys yeah. dancing on it. Right. Because it is in the center of this bar, I have nowhere to look. There's only... <laughs> the only place I can look is ass. And, you know, my friend's getting in the mood. He's like, I want to throw bills. I want to throw bills. He's like, Jeremy, the only way I'll do it is if you do it too. So I'm like, all right. I'll throw a couple dollars with you. The stripper sticks his ass out at me and opens up his underwear. I literally, like... Throw the dollar at his back and run away. I wasn't ready for that commitment yet, but a few drinks in, you'll see. Eventually, I, I eased into it. So where do we go. We go to the next bar, and now a, a a man comes up to me and my friend, and he kind of staring at my friend, and he gives him a fist pound, and then he turns to me and goes, "I like this one more." Oh. And he starts petting my hair, and he starts rubbing my back, and I laugh. Look, I'm. I'm very comfortable with my sexuality and I'm not angry at someone hitting on me ever, boy or a girl. So I let it happen. I was like, oh, thank you. I'm not interested. Sorry. And like, you know, we moved on. But now, now I'm ecstatic because any straight guy will tell you there's nothing better than getting hit on by a gay man. Now I'm thinking my drinks are getting paid the whole night. I'm leaning into this thing. We go to the next gay bar. I, this is my favorite part of the night, actually. So in a normal bar, if we're in a men's room and a girl walks in, every guy's like, yeah, yeah, come right in. Yeah, keep girl in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, watch sex. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Get right in. No problem. But I was in the line at the gay club in the bathroom and a girl came in and, I mean, like eight dudes just started screaming all in very high-pitched voices. You need to get out of here. This is your bathroom, freaky. I felt so bad for her. She was literally about to get beat up in the bathroom. I quickly, like, throw her in the stall She's now like, well, here's the one straight guy. And she pulls me into the stall with her. I'm like, lady, I really just want to pee. I don't want to pee in front of you. You're not going to be impressed with my penis. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's a whole, like, normally this would have been the greatest day of my life. In the gay bar, I didn't know what to do with myself. <laughs> so I'll wrap this up. <laughs> so now we, you know, that night, it was a fun night. Gayborhood was great. I got hit on. I loved every man of it. We left. Last Saturday night, uh, me and my friend go to the Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real concert. It's Willie Nelson's kid. Quick little note. If you have not listened to this guy, I highly suggest it. It was truly one of the best shows I've ever been to. So after the show, it was around 11 o'clock. And, you know, me and the friend I went with, we, we weren't done drinking yet. So we decided to go to this bar that I know. It's kind of near the area. Mm. But it happens to be across the street from a very popular gay club. So we go in and, you know, we're having a few drinks, having a good time. We're making friends with people. And all of a sudden I see this guy kind of in like a dance off with this girl. And he takes his leg and he throws it up on the bar and just starts twerking at her very seamlessly. And I was impressed. And I went over to them. I was like you going to let him do that? You're just going to let this guy, this massive man, outdo you like that? And she was like, oh, no, I, I he wins, he wins, he wins. Me complimenting this guy's dance moves immediately let him know this guy's trying to fuck. <laughs> and he starts going very aggressively towards me. Now again... I'm I'm comfortable with my sexuality. I'm all about anyone hitting on me, but he's getting very handsy. And he's now like holding me from behind, petting my hair. He's like, I know you're not gay, but I just love you so much. You're so wonderful. Look at your hair. He's petting me. He's harassing my My friend, who's a lady, is just dying laughing. She's not helping me whatsoever. I'm starting to get uncomfortable, but the other thing is, is A, I don't want to look like some weird gay basher. And also, the man was way larger than me and could kick my ass. And easily, if he wanted to, could have pulled me out of that bar and had his way with me. <laughs> Do they want to groom you? They were clearly... I've heard that they could turn me several times. And you know what? I'm happy it didn't happen. I did wake up with a sore butt. But I feel like that's different.
0: They were like, what I couldn't do with a razor and this man. I
1: I I feel like you would have been uncomfortable with my whole weekend where I fully embrace it. I truly had a big gay weekend. And you know what? Um, little uh, pulling the curtain back here on the
0: on 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 the show. Jeremy's got an actual proper job at radio station, right? Yeah. And um now he told me when we saw one another pre-the show that um he wanted to uh, talk about his big gay weekend. And I have to tell you that the um the show that Jeremy works on um has a a feature in the morning where they kind of throw out the playlist and they play a load of different music that they want. I think the gayness is uh, making its way into all aspects of your life. So I wasn't
1: paying attention. Did we play the village people? You pretty much got close.
0: <laughs> so Jeremy has a big gay weekend, right? It takes like three gay dudes to run their hands through his extensive hair. It felt good. Thinking, oh, if I could get this man home to a razor. <laughs> And then on Monday, he produces this show. Now these are just some. This is all in within thirty minutes of morning show radio today, post the big gay weekend. Total the clips of the heart by Bonnie Tyler, fantastic song, so gay. Things can only get better by D Ream. Oh, loved it, so gay. Dancing Queen by ABBA. What's your point? The gayest (laughs) and. Although not necessarily gay, but in the context of the songs that I just mentioned,
1: Robert Plant's Big Log. (laughs) The innuendo. You made
0: the whole playlist gay.
1: You call it gay, I call it fabulous. (laughs) All right, Song of the Week update and some other stuff coming in
0: part two. All right, let's do uh, part two of Did You America, a little song of the week update. Last week, New York producer chose Rise Up by Walk the Moon, which got 4% of the vote. I went with the new solo song by Jerry Cantrell, which got 22% of the vote. Wait. I know. you
1: Since you've gone gay, you're winning song of the week. (laughs) I've, I've embraced the community. I'm ready to win every week. ASAP <laughs> Rocky,
0: Sandman, seventy-four percent. Let's get it. Yeah, how about that? So well done to Jeremy. Is this is the first time you've won some of the second. week. Second. Wow. Well, two in a year. <laughs> Creeping up there. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Ready right
1: for a streak on this one?
0: I know. Uh, it's like the uh, uh, the number of wins on songs of the week is the same as the number of gay experiences you have per year. <laughs>
1: Hey, now. That's still at zero. Are they, are they,
0: well, I ah, this weekend. 1.5. <laughs>
1: um,
0: right. Yeah, you're going to have that the conversation. If he just blows me, does that count as sex?
1: <laughs> I'm just now trying to think, like, how do I get so my mom doesn't listen to this episode?
0: <laughs> All right. Here are some new choices for you to vote for. And you can vote at didyouamerica.com. Or uh, have a look at the poll on my Twitter. Uh, Ian Canfield is where you can find me on Twitter. This week, I am going with the new song by Foles,
1: which is called Wake Me Up. I have chosen the new song by Silk Sonic, written about something I've done many times in my life, smoking out the window.
0: And uh, New York producer going for Drive by Bleachers. So Drive by Bleachers, Smoking Out the Window by Silk Sonic, or Wake Me Up by Foles, DigiAmerica.com if you want to vote. Or head to the poll at Ian Canfield on my Twitter. They're also the places where you can talk to us, by the way. Uh, The other social uh, that you might want to uh, use to uh, get into conversation with us on Instagram. I am Camfield off the radio. Camfield off the radio on Instagram. Ian Camfield on Twitter. DigiAmerica.com is our website. Right, so uh, everyone is uh, finger pointing mostly at uh, Travis Scott, uh, some people towards uh, the promoters Live Nation and um, the Astro World Festival uh, over the weekend. Eight people died, many people um, injured. I think uh, getting on for 30 were hospitalized. Um, because of uh, a crush that happened in the crowd during Travis Scott's performance at the Astro World uh, festival um i think several hundred people got uh, got treated at the scene um obviously it's a terrible terrible thing to happen and the, 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 at this point in time we seem to be at the point of, uh, of of a lot of finger pointing and there is a lot of finger pointing towards Travis Scott and people posting videos of other bands from the past going, look, this is what you do. If you see a crush, you stop the show. Um, although we don't know for sure if Travis Scott saw the crush or was informed about it. Right. right.
1: Yeah. So um, that was kind of my point when we were talking about this earlier. I uh, so I am. I was actually pretty shocked when I saw all the people attacking Travis Scott over this. Now, I should start by saying, like, legally, yes, he will see some blame from this. You know, it it was his event, Mm -hmm. his name all over him and the promoter should absolutely legally take some of the blame. And he's already, you know, offered refunds to anyone who had tickets. But as you start to peel back the layers and see what happened, I just think it's kind of a little crazy that everyone's saying, he was he was responsible because he didn't do something when a i think you know we don't know what he saw b we don't we don't know what protocols were and c you know while he's performing his duty is entertainment his Dude, his active thing that's going on in his may, mind isn't the safety of the crowd. So, you know, it's really easy for everyone to say, like, oh, if I was in his shoes, I would have stopped the show mm, and I would have mm, said, hey, mm. when you he move. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors that could have went into play. What happens if with that rowdy Is that crowd your grinder uh, going off I, I, I like a great sake, story? You, oh my God. They now want me in their crew. I know. So they, uh, You should
0: try Scruff as well. That's a, that's a, that's a good gay dating <laughs> you, app. You know,
1: I just think that everyone's saying, like, oh, I would have done it differently, but like what happens when he does stop the music and the rowdy crowd gets rowdier and continues pushing forward? That could have caused more damage.
0: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, I've seen a lot of shows that have got stopped. I mean, you know, anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm a big metal fan. So those metal crowds, I wouldn't say they're necessarily rowdy, but they love the pits, right? right? So so they're not necessarily rowdy people, but a big part of many metal shows is that there's a pit and if you want to get up the front by by, uh, shows by Certain bands, there's going to be a pit going on, and you know, you know, to either be up there or or stand back. And I've seen a lot of those shows stopped. Um, I can't remember where it was, but it was definitely a a Slipknot show. Um, You know, I saw them stop the show like three or four times. Uh, one particular show, um, and 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 in that case, it wasn't because um, people were getting hurt in the pit. I've seen that a lot, where they tell people to like pick people up and right. stuff like that. But in the case of the Slipknot show, this one particular one I remember that got stopped a number of times. It was because the crowd was putting too much pressure on the the barricades right and so and you know they put the barricades in place to distance people in the in the in the big crowds right now I'm fairly certain the protocol for that would have been either Corey Taylor, the singer from Slipknot, seeing the pressure that was put on the barricades or you get a message to the stage to tell the band on stage or the artist on stage, you've got to give this message because there's too much pressure on the barricades and that's what happens. The thing in Travis Scott's case, you're right, you can't say what he did and didn't see. I've been at many shows where bands have seen people going down in the pit or it getting too rough or the pressure on the barricades and they've stopped the show. But that's not to say that you get a clear view of what's going on in those pits at every show. But I think the question is with with Travis Scott, and obviously, you know, he could deny that he could see what was going on anyway. It's going to be also if there was a message delivered to the stage, because that's what happens where they say you, you need to stop the show, you need to try and calm the crowd down, and he just kept going. That's where there could be liability. I
1: I agree legally, but if I'm more talk I again, the legalities of it I totally understand. But that's a response I'm more I'm more talking about the way that the media and people online have fully acting like he's responsible for this. Because the thing is, is look, I, I understand that you've been to shows where they did stop it for similar reasons, but I, I also would guess that at that Slipknot show, it wasn't a crowd of 50,000 people. I also would imagine no, that- No, 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 that's not true. It
0: was a festival, so it probably was. Okay, okay,
1: so never mind. But, you know, it also- while he, yes, in that case, he did the right thing. It's anecdotal because there's absolutely cases where that didn't happen. This isn't the first death at a concert. While well, no, it doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. There are absolutely cases of artists not stepping in where you know people are sharing all these videos. People forget about what was it that that I think it was a Rolling Stones concert back in the day. There was a bunch of deaths. You can talk about Woodstock '99. There were deaths, like the Pearl Jam. Exactly. Song. Like there's always these situations where yes, and we would like that the artist or the person. You know what I would put the blame on is why if you're talking about that. You know I've been to a lot of these festivals where the crowds get overwhelming, and a lot of times. They just start letting people into the venue because scanning the tickets, especially Mm. now when you add the added layer of vax cards, becomes such a clusterfuck that they just start sending people in. So I imagine there was actually probably more than 50,000 people there. That's Mm -hmm. just the amount of tickets that they sold to the event. And again, you know, there's just no saying that if he, you know there could have been more security there could have the venue could have shut off the music at that right right you know? right right, right, right. Uh, the reason why they didn't do these things is not because they weren't thinking oh like screw these people or they were thinking like oh we got to keep the show going it was that there was a a reasoning to believe if they did those things the crowd would get angrier you've been to shows where they've stopped I've never once in my life seen that at a concert. I've also been to a concert where someone died. Mm. And it you know when Electric Daisy Carnival was here in Dallas, several people died. They ended up shutting down the venue. But they didn't shut down the venue because people died. They shut it down because it was oversold and overcrowded and the fire marshal shut it down. So right. like you know, well,
0: those are things that need to come into play with this because you don't know. You haven't heard any statements from any of the the, the promoters or the venues and uh, the venue and, uh, and and people from that side of things about what the what the protocols were. So, and I think the uh, the finger pointing with Travis Scott is easier because, of course, everyone's got Travis Scott on video because he's the person that's that's doing the performance. And then I, but I think the finger pointing is also down to because there's people people saying that he saw medics going into the scene. And that he didn't stop the show, but you again, you don't know if he if he saw it's that. all hearsay. If he if he saw medics going into the scene and it being chaos, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and he didn't stop the show to say something, then that's wrong. The thing that I disagree with you on is that to say, well, if he stopped and told people to calm down, it could have made it worse. No, it probably wouldn't have done. And you've got to at least try that. And you can't tell me that that Travis Scott crowd are going to be more rowdy than 50,000 Slipknot fans when the music stops and they get told to like take a step back, calm down a little bit because people are getting crushed or whatever the the situation is. Again,
1: I I agree with you that... the sound of what I said, it may not sound it may not sound great, it may not seem like it makes a lot of sense, but I've been to shows where it is so crowded in the pit that you are literally being moved without your control. And generally, those crowds, because it, the reason why that's happening is they're so rowdy, they're so rambunctious, they can't show. And it's usually not when the band's out, it's usually when they're waiting for the band mm. because they're so ugly and it's delayed and they want the band to come out. So, if so when if you're then going to shut off the music and tell them calm down you know the other thing is is let's but no, let's but think of just... let's think of the audience at this show Travis Scott is generally focused towards kids mm. it's you know that's why you're seeing such young ages of people that sadly passed away at this show because his music is targeted towards mm. high school kids. You know what high school kids are? They're dumb. Mm. They're dumb and they make mistakes and they don't think. So if you if all of a sudden they're being told you have to do something you you have to do something opposite of what you want, they're not thinking, "Oh, let's listen to the authority." They're thinking, "Nothing can stop no, us. Rush that, the stage." That's
0: why you have the artists say it. And if Travis Scott did that, that plays to your point. I agree. I had to tame a slayer crowd. Because I hosted a festival one time in the UK and Slayer were delayed getting from their previous show in Europe. So they were going to come play, but it was going to be several hours after their scheduled stage time. And um, the Slayer fans got into the the tent. So, you know, uh, this is probably like, I don't know seven eight thousand people in this in this tent at this festival because the schedule had said slayer were coming on at six o'clock on thursday or whatever it was and the fact of the matter was that it was going to be rearranged and slayer were originally going to be on at like nine o'clock because of the thing um and to your point it, that that exact thing happened there was a change in schedule we knew slayers fans were pretty rowdy and they had to be informed that Slayer were coming they just weren't coming now right and being told that the fans went off they were they literally started bottling the stage I it was a big stage it was covered in bottles within like 30 seconds right, right? But, and, and so and they and they were like you need to go out and tell them get make sure they've got the message that they're coming and so now I'm the bad guy because right? <laughs> but this is my point I'm not Slayer, right? So I go back out there again. And now they're bot- trying to bottle me because I'm not Slayer and I'm telling them that like Slayer are gonna be on like slightly later. We flipped the, right. the, the schedule round. And it got to the point that the crowd was so rowdy that the band who was supposed to go on was standing behind the curtain behind me and went, no, forget it. We'll we will we we not we're not gonna play. We're not about gonna attempt to go back out. So we had a meeting, me and the person who runs the download festival, it was called like an impromptu meeting behind the curtain of like, what are we going to do about this? Because they want they want Slayer. And it turned out that Slayer had just arrived on site, right? So they're in walkie-talkie radio contact with like Slayer's people and they're going, this is what's going on. We've just about managed to stop them from bottling the stage announcer, me, right. who's telling them Slayer are coming. <laughs> They're just not coming right now, right? Um, but there's no no other band is going to set foot on this stage until Slayer do because it's just because it's just going to go off. And so it was it was the rearranged schedule was rearranged again. And um, we ended up having um, Slayer come on like, you know, two hours late or something. But there was like a two hour gap on that stage because that audience wouldn't take anything other than Slayer. And even the people that were going out, so they then sent out the the people that were looking after the stage to set up the equipment, right? And they started getting bottled. Right. Because because the crowd thought that they were setting up equipment for someone else, so then they said, "Ian, you got to go out again." I'm like, "This is my third time getting bottled." Jesus Christ, (laughs) what are you doing to me? So, at any point, did you say stop throwing bottles at me, and did they all stop? They so here's the thing, and I'm not saying that this would that this was like this was luck for my third um, third attempt, and it was because by this point we had like definitive like Slayer are coming right, right? so. I went back on because they said, you've got to go out and protect the people that are putting the stage together because one of them got like hit in the eyebrow. Right. Like no, a, it's dangerous. a plastic It's dangerous, right? So I go back out and they're booing me again because they think I'm telling them that, you know, some emo band are about to go on. And I was like, no, 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 no. You fucking listen. And I said these words. I'm like, no other band is coming on this stage until Slayer are on this stage. Now, it just so happened that, as I said that, they wheeled on Slayer's backdrop. So the whole crowd suddenly is like, whoa, right? Yeah. And I went, but because of you throwing stuff up here slayer can't come on here for another two hours but you will not get another band on this stage until slayer whoa from the crowd and then i said and i'm quite proud of myself because at this point i'm like they just stopped throwing things and i went these people here are working on this stage to set it up for slayer Another big cheer. And I said, Slayer can't play until their stage is set up. And one of these people's, because they will rush to hospital because one of the, one, you people threw a bottle and it hit them straight in the face, right? If they can't set up the stage in safety, then there is no show whatsoever, okay? And now I've got their attention because I'm standing in front of a Slayer backdrop and the uh, you know, and they're being told. And I said to them, and I do the, like the thing as if you're going to go throw something. And I said, so... Slayer are coming, but if you're down there, I'm quite proud of what I said, even though it's kind of like unpolitically correct now. So I said, so if you're down there and you see someone go like this with a bottle as if they're about
1: to throw it, Cripple the cunt, because he just fucks your show. <laughs> well, that's absolutely what you say in a Slayer show. Also, I think you might be giving yourself a lot of credit. Maybe they just ran out of bottles at that point. <laughs> it seems like they threw a lot on the stage. But then you only have so much alcohol. That well, you're going to throw a Fiji that, water that bottle there?
0: But... The point of telling that story, apart from the fact that I was fucking awesome right. when they <laughs> ran out of balls.
1: no other point.
0: You did a great <laughs> thing that night. <laughs> um, the point is, is that if it was Slayer on the stage, or if I had a member of Slayer at my disposal to go on and say, we're coming, we just can't do it for two more hours, I'm fairly certain that that crowd would have calmed down. The case in point being that if Travis Scott
1: has been the one to say, calm down. You at least try that and get the artist to do it. I absolutely get what you're saying. I I definitely don't want to come off as me saying, you know, this is an okay thing. This was a tragedy and questions need to be answered. But, you know, I just think to vilify Travis Scott so shortly after this while we still don't have answers is unfair. I think to say he could have prevented this in any way is just making a lot of assumptions. Well, yes, it very well could have. It also could not have. So, well, in the end you know time will tell let's just let's not burn him at the stake just yet i want to see what happens with him and kylie when the kardashians come back <laughs> while well, we're dealing with uh, people who are being uh vilified aaron Rodgers. oh yeah <laughs> well i'm excited because you know if they have more losses it helps the cowboys right
0: so um you know you know my stance on the vaccine is i mean i got it and i'll i'll i'll, I'll get a booster and and i think generally it's. It's a good idea for people get, to get the vaccine. But I also think if you choose not to, then that's down to you. And personally, I think the horns are cool. <laughs> but isn't the biggest problem with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation that he lied, uh, lied about being vaccinated? Would, would this be a different talking point
1: if he hadn't have lied about being vaccinated? Well, not, not only that he lied, but like the way he did it and like he's doing the classic... Asshole move of just like pretending like he's way smarter than everyone else. Like, look, first of all, you have that Cal College degree because you play football. Don't act like you got in because of your grades. And you haven't done any research. You've listened to your girlfriend, Shailene Woodley, tell you that <laughs> alternative science is the way to go. And you're like, I don't want to lose another model slash actress, wife slash girlfriend. I'm going to disagree with whatever the fuck she says. And he's good friend Joe Rogan. That's the other thing I found
0: quite, they're like, well, Joe Rogan said, you know, so if, uh, let's flip this on his head. If Aaron Rodgers was playing and he got really badly injured, would he go, no, 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 no. I don't want a doctor. Get Joe Rogan to look at my concussion.
1: Here's a hot take. Joe Rogan's fucking boring. Yeah, you know what I want? Here's a three-hour interview with a fucking B-list celebrity drone on about boring stories while you every once in a while come in super stoned just like, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Like Joe Biden, crazy. Oh, so intriguing. You know what's better than the Joe Rogan podcast? This one right here.
0: Yeah. You know what's better than the Aaron Rodgers story? talking of Biden farting in Camilla's face. Uh, well, actually, well actually to be honest to be honest, hang on a minute we don't know that he farted in her face he just farted somewhere about her
1: person. It's it, The best is that it was described as like a really long fart like you know do you remember in Step Brothers when the Will Ferrell's character like they finally are going to get a job and then he just farts for a minute and just like awkwardly stands there as it continues like I feel like that's what happened to Joe Biden. I also do have a second theory though you know there's a lot of stuff about princess diana right now you know movie's about to come out the crown there's a whole big attention on diana everyone, once again
0: every everyone everyone is talking about my princess diana ashtray
1: and because of that it you know everyone in the world is once again vilifying camilla and i think this is just her way of basically like you know i gotta get attention all this negative attention off me i know i'll join the let's go brandon movement <laughs>
0: So, it uh, it apparently happened um, at the, the big climate conference that they had in
1: uh, Scotland. Yeah, they last. probably had really bad food. And he got all gassy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, Greta, this is what happens when you don't eat me. <laughs> they only serve Brussels sprouts. This is you know what sprouts. happens when you eat nothing but <laughs> <with> Brussels sprouts?
1: <laughs>
0: There's only so many Brussels sprouts a 90-year-old man can take. I um, bet
1: Greta has disgusting farts.
0: Well, I tell you, she because I feel like she, she was, uh, you know, telling us all to go back to horse and cart and everything else that she propagates. Um,
1: boats are cool. Uh,
0: boats? Yeah. Only, not not motorized ones, though. you got to no. row. Oh, uh, no, row that's boats, not cool. Right? I'm not a Viking.
1: King <laughs> I just have the beard of one.
0: Well, she's kind of Viking-esque with a European <laughs> angry ways. Right. But I, you know, it's, the, the the and it was getting a lot of attention and I'm, you know, I'm sympathetic to the the, the, the climate calls. I just don't subscribe to the real kind of... Uh, oh, I thought you were going to say you're sympathetic to farting in public. <laughs> that
1: too. We've all had that experience. There's nothing more embarrassing.
0: <laughs> but, you know, uh, Greta was uh, front and center of this big thing, as you would expect. And like the, the world's media, aside from India and China, China, because of course they don't do anything about the climate. No, um, where well the uh, the world's media was uh, was on Scotland, and then suddenly all the attention is farting Biden. I mean, it like Greta needs to be any more angry than she is right. already, you know. And the other great thing about this, and I'm going to k- keep promoting it because not enough people know about it, and I feel like eventually it's going to be one of those things um, that just gets erased from everywhere because it's funny but very controversial. <laughs> HBO Max, boys and girls. The show called The Prince, which is an animated portrayal of the British royal family. Are there farts in that? I'm just about to say, this story, this is literally what would happen in an episode of The Prince. Biden (laughs) farts on Camilla. And to your point about Camilla being jealous of all of the attention that Princess Diana and specifically my Princess Diana ashtray is getting since Kirsten Stewart's in their new movie. In The Prince, right... Camilla isn't allowed to talk. She says nothing. She's a silent character. They all hate her, apart from Charles, who's always trying to make the Queen believe that Camilla's actually all right.
1: But she doesn't say anything. She's silent in every episode. I'm telling you, a lot of reason for her to want to join this aggressive anti-Biden movement. But you know what? In defense of Biden, I will say this. A lot of girlfriends have told me in the past, sometimes I fart when I sleep too. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> right. he was asleep oh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 you
0: know it's not as funny when you explain it ah, I got it you didn't get it I got it let me explain again so <laughs> at the conference
1: <laughs> all
0: right uh, we'll be back with a second episode this week uh, between now and then no doubt Jeremy's gonna go be gay somewhere of course and, uh,
1: <laughs> I mean you know you've got two hookups the computer didn't stop going ding did you not check out my rainbow tattoo also, they put a, one of the bars, just real quick, had like a, uh, of course, to the bar again, they stamped your hand with a cock stamp, and as much as I've tried to rub it off in the shower, it will not go away. There's still cock on my hand. One of your
0: new friends will rub it off for you.
1: Um, <laughs> if you want to talk to us, didyouamerica.com
0: uh, on the socials, Ian Camfield on Twitter, Camfield off the radio on Instagram. Did we America today? I think so.